Star time, baby. It's my new look with the long hair. Yo, 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 it's your boy Alpha King, and welcome to the 106 Mile Podcast, everybody. Uh, I am your host, Alpha King, with the crazy long hair, and this is the lovely Andrea uh, the Mermaid. How y'all doing? Um, I'm going to start off by playing it in. We were supposed to record this yesterday, <laughs> but we had mojitos instead and it didn't happen. 106 miles, Chicago, gotta get there, fall down. Come on, my brother, you won't ride along. 106 miles, baby, I hope you got some stories to tell. 106 miles. In one. They're all in one. I just cut it so it's shorter so you haven't got to sit and listen to it. How are you doing? Come in, come in. Get comfortable, get comfortable. We're uh, sat in the Red Ozoe as always, um, saving the polar bears by charging the car here. Um, yeah, so last night we were supposed to record the podcast, but instead of doing that, we made mojitos. Yep, mojitos. And got a little drunk because I haven't drunk any alcohol since Christmas. Yeah. Um, and kind of set things up and then this is far too drunk and then fell asleep. So we're doing it in the car on the way home. Uh, I hope you're doing all doing great out there today. Um, we don't really have a particular theme for this week. We have a few things that have happened. I've now added some more crystals to the to the gauntlet. I found out that you're a non-believer. In the alien crystal situation? In the Moldavite. Crazy things have been happening. Uh, some of them could be put down to the Moldavite, wild dreams. Some could be put down to the fact that I'm just really irresponsible. Um, <laughs> and like buying stupid shit. Well, not stupid shit, but... Um, impulsive. Impulsive, impulsive stuff. What did you impulsively buy? Um... So I'm a guitar player. I have a couple of guitars, as you all know. How many guitars do you have? Uh, okay, so I'll put pictures up of this. I've got my Gretsch. I've got uh, my Mustang. I've got, which has never technically worked since I bought it new, but anyway. I've got my uh, the white Fender Strat that my granddad got me. Um, I've got the Les Paul that I got last year because I couldn't get a 335. And I was like, this is going to be the guitar that's mm-hmm. going to take me to greatness. And then I might have impulsively... Well, not no, impulsively. No, no, no. What about the acoustic? Oh, yeah, I've got the acoustic. I've got two acoustics, one in the loft that I never use. And a bass. And Oh, fuck, and the bass. So that's, what, seven? Seven. And then now we've added Magic Number 8, mm-hmm. which is uh, a Gibson 335 Custom Shop Murphy Lab Edition, which is, some would say, unnecessary. Um, some would say amazing. I text you and I said, do you think this looks pretty? And I said, yes. And then I said, cool, it comes on Monday. <laughs> but you knew I was already distracted. <laughs> I know. Because I, I was know. busy. What were you doing? I was doing a workshop on um, natural dyeing. Which... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so I phoned Andrea. I had a bit of a shit day at work and was a bit grumbly, as I sometimes am during the week. And... Um, and I was like, oh, how are you? Grumble, grumble, grumble. You were like, yeah, I'm fine, grumble, grumble. I said, oh, what are your plans tomorrow when I was coming down? 
And then you said, oh, I'm doing natural dyeing. I'm doing a course on natural dyeing. And in my head, I just thought, fuck me. I mean, I know you do some out there stuff and you like doing all the hard subjects that I want to stay fucking far away from. But uh, I was like, she's going to do a fucking online course on natural death. And I was like, oh, I thought it was like palliative care. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm so happy that people out there to do it and fuck, um, you know. But it was my Friday night and I just thought I was going to sit there while you talked about palliative care and natural dying for people. And uh, anyway, it wasn't that. It was... Dying, D-Y-E. So what does this involve? Um, so it was talking about like using using kitchen waste to like make dye so i did it over zoom i did a bunch of like craft workshops so it's basically a woman who was incidentally living on a narrow boat so take from that what you will nice um and she talked us through the process so we did some really basic stuff so we used um brown onion skins like put them in water simmered them for a while and then we added like our little bits of fabric and you can get loads of different colors Really on like very specific spectrum of colours, so like browns and reds and but you can also get like greens and yellows. Brown like and from <laughs> ready browns. <laughs> like you can use daffod you can dye stuff with daffodils, you get a really bright green. But also like the um like the really ancient plants like um indigo and woad. So I really wanna um grow some woad because that's what the Celts used, apparently. Oh cool. So what like, colour does woad make? It's like blue. Blue indigo. I heard a thing that was saying that um, there was like the Britain, the British, the Britannias, the uh, the Celts. I don't know. Whoever was here before the Romans came. Yeah. That they um, there was a theory that they were all like blue because they used to dye themselves with like this plant or something, and like woad. the really oh is that the woad? But mm-hmm. then they were saying that they reckon that's not right now or something. Well, I think so. A lot of um. Well, the ancient people in Britain were not a society of or tribes of people who wrote things down. So there's not a lot of evidence. So a lot of the stuff that's written about them is from the Romans who were invading. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of it is like, oh, well, they're barbaric and they're this and they're that. Um, but I think woad is definitely a plant that they would have used. Uh, maybe they used it in body paint maybe they didn't but it was also like what not one like group of people it was many 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 like diverse groups of people with their own like cultures and stuff all it makes me think is when you smoke weed that's too strong and you go world okay. <laughs> not that I would know anything about that but no, that's cool. Um, and so, if you dye clothes with woad or any of these other natural things, do they like last a long time, or like does it come out in the wash? So there are three different types of dye. Uh-huh. Um, one is um, like non, not permanent, and one is permanent if you add something to it, and um, like a modifier. And then the third is like just a permanent dye. So I think I think woad is a permanent dye, but stuff like brown onion skins is a permanent dye. So it's like lighten um like color fast but i think they might fade over time depending so it's pretty the same as t-shirts yeah like i think they were basically saying like it's just not it's not the same as a synthetic dye but i think if you sort of hand wash it and stuff and it's about like showing care and like interest in your environment and the stuff that you wear and things like that so is this quite a big movement is this or has this been going for a long time or is this like i think so i think well because like pre-industrialization pre-synthetic 
like easily available like colors and stuff people would have been using natural resources in order to do it and i'm on about is this going to be like the next thing with the young people in the same way like there was a time when i remember what it was man but it'd be like Vibey girls would just be into fucking cro crochet. I don't know what was there's was like they go, go, go through like oh yeah I knit things and you're like yeah yeah I thought you might yeah do you know what I mean? Mm. Is this going to be one of those new frontiers for people? Uh, like what what was the age group of people doing this? Um, early twenties to like upwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's some sense. Some young, you went there with like a load of old ladies or nothing, or old people. Yeah, a few old, 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 older people. Oh, that's there. good. Bringing everybody in the fold. Everybody in the fold. Yeah. I think also, like, because of lockdown, everyone's been stuck inside. So I think a lot of people are interested in trying new things, learning new stuff, keeping mm -hmm. themselves entertained. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Talking about keeping people entertained. So I bought this new guitar. And so I've been on a bit of a journey and also found out that you're a non believer. Um, which hurt me. People call them synchronicities mm. and all this other stuff that I would have been like, hang on a fucking minute, mate, if you'd have spoken to me about it a couple of years ago. Mm. But I got to the point that I was like, why not let's give this a fucking go and see what happens. Now, I'm not saying I believe in the secret or anything, but it's more that... Because that's crazy. Yeah, that's... Like, pff, come on, step too far. Although I know somebody who spoke to... Who was saying when the secret was a big thing, right? Mm. And I spoke to her and she was saying, oh, yeah, man, I'd fucking imagine success and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's good. And like I said last last week on the podcast, like maybe all this meditation is you just programming your subconscious. Mm. So then there's like a logical explanation for, do you know what I mean? Why you would achieve these things. But anyway, she said she did the law of attraction and all this kind of thing. And um, she applied for a job that she never thought she'd ever get. And then she got like a £100,000 a year job. It was only a year contract, but she had a £100,000 a year job and she was fucking loaded. Cool. And it's like, well, then does it, does it is there some validity to it be it woo, woo, be it woo, like magic or not hmm. do you know what i mean and anyway and it was the same with um the crystals and things because i can't lie that since i've been wearing this moldavite that um it's done nothing but give me the wildest dreams to the point that last night i dreamt like a whole fucking like a i was like that could be a full book like a whole story from front to beginning front to back from beginning to end and then I was like, yeah, I'll remember that later, and didn't remember, and didn't write it down. And I was like, fuck! But it's all this kind of, from what I'm reading about the Moldavite, that um, it helps you actually project, or helps mm -hmm. you see things in your dreams. And I mean, it, it's doing it. I've never had such long, vivid dreams I'm having now. Yeah. I had another dream that, like, we're on this sheet of ice, and we're all in the army, like the people I work with. And um, I think it was me and Holly, shout out to Holly, Crazy H. Um, and we were, like, a team in the army, and they were on, and we were in like Finland or something. There's all this like sheet of ice on top of the water, and there was a kid in the fucking water, like trying to stay above. And I just fucking threw this through my satchel down, like ripping off all my shit, and was lying on the ice trying to get over to the kid to pull him out. And anyway, but it was like one after another after another of these wild dreams. And then it comes to the other thing of like, so I always wanted a three three five, which is like that's a, not what I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> what do you think I was gonna say? Nothing. Jesus. What were going to say to me, Sam? <laughs> so, I always wanted a 335. Hey, man, you can fucking take me and guess sometimes in life, my friend. Um, <laughs> never waste an opportunity. The, um, anyway, but the 335, so the, so the, the thing is, is that... The guitar. The guitar, yeah. The new Gib guitar. The new guitar. Gibson um, 
had a factory in America. They had like two or three. They have three factories, or they had one in uh, Montana, maybe, where they make the acoustic guitars. One in Memphis, which is where they made all the ES, which is like it stands for electro Spanish. You know, I showed you a picture and it had holes in it, like F. It has F holes in it, like a violin, and there's oh, yeah. part of the guitar that's that's uh, empty, like mm. hollow, but not all mm. of it. They're called the ES guitars. So all the ES guitars used to be made in Memphis, and then all the rest of the guitars were made in Austin, I think, or wherever the Texas factory is. Anyway, they nearly went bankrupt, and then they've reopened, um, and they've remade a load of the tools, and what they're trying to do now is make it so... It used to be like they would look at old guitars, because mine's based on a 1961. They'd look at old guitars, and they would be like... They would get the paint right, or they'd make sure the electronics are right. They'd do like something that's kind of like it. But this one is like everything is supposed to be bang on now they're supposed to be super yeah. uber although i was talking to some other guitar people and they're like oh the new gibson's a shit but whatever anyway um they closed the es factory and everything's now in texas in austin um and this guitar i sent you before it was like you get it is a little bit excessive it was massively excessive but you get the kind of epiphone which is the um it's another company I believe they own that's licensed some of their designs. They do their own designs. Mm -hmm. They're all made over in Asia and countries where it's not as expensive to manufacture. And they use different woods, I think. Then you have like the Gibson Standard. No, Gibson, the cheap Gibson, which my Les Paul is. Then you get the Gibson Standard range, which which should be enough to do whatever you need to do, really. Mm -hmm. but then you get the Custom Shop range, which is like they pick the best wood and the best shit. Then you get the fucking Murphy Custom Shop range, mm -hmm. which is like fucking ridiculous. But what they did is they they fake age all the guitars in a certain way so it looks like it's from 1961 and every fucking component is fucking perfect supposedly um now with me ironically i don't really care about the relic they call them relict they make them look old i don't really give a fuck about the relic guitars i like getting a standard and then have my own story with it like my strat is all fucked up because i fucked up Anyway, I showed no care towards <laughs> any of my possessions a rock and roll um <laughs> where this one is like ultra lightweight so it just looks like it's been in a case for 40 years so it's kind of got a bit of a new vibe about it but anyway it was one of those things that call it the fucking moldavite or whatever but if it, i know i remember watching um uh what was that program that was about if the nazis won the second world war Oh, Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. And this could all be horse shit and just that at the TV. You know that's a drama, right? Yeah, I know. It's all okay. made up. Yeah, I know the Nazis didn't win the war. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, it depends what fucking reality you believe in, though. Um, maybe in another reality. Um, Probably but yeah, in another reality. If you believe the multiverse thing, which is a total thing scientists are saying, like, yeah. But anyway. Um, so in that they talk about a thing in Japanese culture and I'm sorry if I'm butchering this where they were saying that things have energies and, and mm. memories and all that kind of stuff so if you believe in that kind of thing and I've seen things about guitarists say like oh there's some songs in this guitar like there's, a lo there's still songs left in this guitar I was just like if I see myself as a professional and all the rest of it then this is the fucking last Hail Mary like if I get the best guitar that, and, that anybody can ever fucking buy and I'm not saying that the guitar makes you makes the musician. It's not at all. You could buy a £100 guitar. And me and Louis have seen countless bands play BBC stages and, and Glastonbury stages using entry-level guitars. There's nothing wrong with them at all. But for me, it's one of those things that a real passion in my life is guitar. I love guitars. And this just gets me fucking excited thinking about opening the case. 
And I know that every single time I tell a musician like or a guitarist, oh, I've got this guitar or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, it's like in a cat. Like, if I didn't buy this guitar, I may never get a chance to play a guitar like this. Mm. And so I was like, again, like I said last week, I'm really fortunate to be in a position where I can afford to finance the fucking thing um, and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, the amount of enjoyment I'm going to get for the rest of my life out of it and to know I've got this special thing, I was like, I'm just going to fucking buy it. And then I was speaking to Louis about it on the phone and he said, oh, do you think that, like, are you going to gig with it or are you just going to leave it? Because there are two kinds of guitarists. There's one type that, like, just leave it in a locked case at home and never play the fucking thing because they want it to gain value or they never want to, like, damage it or they're... I'm like, nah, man, it's going in the fucking back of the car. We're taking it to every single gig. Um, I said, however, like, at gigs you have this thing where you'll chuck like your you'll chuck it, your cases in the back room and then when you're ready to play you'll go in there and get your guitar out and all that. fuck that I said to Louis I'm like this is staying handcuffed to my fucking hand at all times that's fair and I think when people if you know then do you know what I mean people will understand fucking hell um, but the only thing that kills me is like well it's one of those things that when I used to play like little pubs and things like that you would get drunk people would be like can I play your guitar well I'm just going to be super like nah bro you just can't Mm. And I'm going to come off like a bit of a cock, but do you know what I mean? But I will let people play it. I'm not horrible, but it would just be like, or like sometimes if you're at a gig and somebody breaks a guitar, like a string or whatever, and they're like, oh, fuck. Mm. I can't. Yeah. I could, I could, I just, because I remember when me and Louis played a show in, uh, it was a little town festival somewhere, a couple, like it was a fairly big stage um, in the summer. And... I snapped a guitar string on stage and I was like, fuck, and we finished the song. And then there was another band and Louis was my guitar tech and he like, this guy was like, yeah, you can borrow my guitar. And it was like a nice, it was a Fender, it was a Mexican Telecaster, I think. And so Louis like grabbed it, took, like got out the case, blah, 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 ran over, did the swap with me. I put it on and then as I like put it on and plugged the cable in, the fucking back, like where you have the strap just slipped off and the whole guitar went crash on the floor. And it's like, the guy was like, it's fine. And Telecasters are built a bit harder wearing than like Gibsons. But I'd just fucking cry if I ever saw that happen to... Your new baby. Yeah, which is weird because all my old guitars, I literally, not that I don't give a fuck, but the Fenders, because they're just one block of wood, mm. I've, I've thrown them in and out of cars and I've fucking whatever. And they've come out the other side fine every time. But yeah, this one's a bit different. So, but there we go. But It's waiting for you. It's waiting for me. It's at home right now. Right now. Can't wait. It's going to be the best. Next week, I'm going to do a whole fucking segment on it, and I'm probably going to make some YouTube videos separate as well about trying it with the different amps that I've got and, and all that kind of stuff and make some clickbait titles, as Peter's told me to do. Um, so is that the Moldavite? Who knows? I think it's just being an impulsive shopper. So the thing with the Moldavite is uh, it, <laughs> it brings up your vibration and that's obviously a high vibrating thing and we've attracted each other through my fucking credit allowance. Sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, Andrea very kindly made me this, which is turquoise that my uncle gave me because this is the thing that me and Louie and some other people noticed over the years and we don't know why. Mm. Every single fucking famous musician well not every single one but a lot of them have turquoise and they wear it and there's nothing on the internet saying that it's magical or it does anything or whatever but every single fucking hmm. famous guitarist or whatever wear it and we were just like I'm gonna get some of that shit man and um, I bought a ring when I was in Cornwall for about 30-40 quid 
and found out it was fake like straight away from my stepmom who's like a bit of a witch and into all the crystals and stuff and she just and makes jewelry and she just went i'm really sorry that's a resin it's fake and i was like fuck um so that bummed me out but i've been trying to find one for so long and, and just was never sure that i was buying the real shit and i was talking to my uncle about the moldavite and all the rest of it and about the turquoise and and then he went upstairs and found his one and gave it to me. And he was just like, well, you've obviously manifested it and drawn it towards yourself, so get it and wear it. So I was like, I'm all in on the crystal shit now. I think, why not? I know people are going to probably think I'm a little bit crazy, but... I think I did a good job. Yeah, man, it looks great. I feel that we're... small. Yeah, but then I got this one underneath it, I don't know. So yeah, anyway, that's the, that's the crystal action this week. I'll let you know if I add to the add to any more. Crystal corner. Chris, Tom's crystal, uh, Alfie King's crystal corner. Who's Tom? Um, so I never, never heard of him. Oh, he's a fucking dweeb. Um, <laughs> Have you told that story? No, I haven't told that story. Do you want to tell that story? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, we can. So this is the time that me and Andrea first ever met, and she stiffed me for. Well, we we have twelve minutes because uh, the card charge charge is going to run out. Once upon a time. <sighs> I went to a New Year's Eve party with some people that I worked with. I was quite new to the job, and one of them was having a New Year's Eve party, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go along. wasn't really into it, but I was like, oh, I should try and be more like a normal person and socialise and attend events with other humans. And it was all right. And then I went home, and then cut to, like, five, six years later, we have our first date in a pub and you said that oh, oh wowed I, her ah oh, i think i recognize you i was like oh i used to work in a store in town and you're like no i think we've met before i was like definitely haven't met and then it transpired louis did some digging and we're all in a photo together at that new year's eve party now this is where i take over the story so um we all go through phases in life, my friends. You may think this confident, charismatic, handsome <laughs> musician type uh, was born this way, as Lady Gaga would say. But that is not the case. I was forged in the fire of female rejection. And uh, like the guy... Have you ever seen Iron Man 3? Where there's the blonde guy who is like, Oh, I'm going to meet Tony Stark on the roof. And then he, and Tony Stark like stiffs him. And then he comes back and... like. Is all slick I don't think shit. I've seen that the okay, third one, okay, yeah. but it sounds like a massive bummer. Oh man, you just wasted on you the whole sorry the thing. Sorry. Um, anyway, so I was a very nice kid back then and was kind of naive and blah blah blah. And I was with Louis, who was just like handsome and what the fuck is oh right I wonder what that was. Um, who was uh, you know handsome, bit of a Casanova with the ladies, uh, but we're musicians, so we hung out and whatever. And he was seeing one of the girls at this party. Um, and he invited me to come on New Year's Eve. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll come down for the ride. And I, although I was a bit of a dweeb and a bit of a geek, and I was still quite outspoken and was just up for a laugh. And, you know, I wasn't introvert in that aspect. When you say geek, do you just mean wore square glasses? Yeah, and was very, like, non-offensive and... Mm. I wasn't very jockish and hadn't been going to the gym that long or whatever. 
Um, anyway, I can't really explain it, and I'm sure there's a deeper psychological fucking trauma reason underneath all of this, but anyway. Um, and I went to this party and was kind of trying to do the, like, because I didn't know a lot of people and was trying to be like, hey, but I wasn't one of the cool kids. Mm. I didn't have the whatever it was. Or it could just be that I didn't know the fucking people, right? Mm. But it was just felt very much like I was the third wheel or, like, the not cool one or, like, the token, like, oh, that guy. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And... Anyway, I kind of we had the evening and we had a good time and blah 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 and I think the other some people paired off and it, anyway it came to the end of the evening and it was me you and another lady and um, I was like uh, hey you know uh, New Year's Eve coming round you know what I'm saying I didn't say it like that Jesus but it was just very evident that I think they were like yeah this ain't gonna happen bro and I was just like. It was one of those things where I was like, I didn't... I mean, you were doing your own thing, which is fine. And at the same time, you're not owed anything by anybody. And I always say this to any young man or woman. Like, you can always try and talk to somebody, but if they don't like you, then that's nothing to do with... you just got to accept it or whatever. But I think it kind of burnt me in a way that I was very much like... Like, I always say to Louis and stuff, I was like, that's the day that guy died. And I got, like, uber serious about life. And, but in in a completely non-resentful way towards anybody, because I was just like, oh, I'm just not sexy or attractive, or don't have anything going for me, or I'm not. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think I did have much going for me then. I still had, always had girlfriends. It wasn't your fault. I just saw the redhead first. <laughs> Story of my life. Anyway, <laughs> and then after that point, I kind of just worked on myself and went to the gym and kind of got like t- tough, tougher. But not like I'm not tough, but do you know what I mean? And I and I think then with years and years and years of like stress and jobs that are stressed and all the rest of it, I've become a lot a lot more stoic. That was like the beginning of my stoicism or like mm. the trying to be more stoic and like I don't know, getting tattoos or whatever or like uh looking at what I wanted out of life and not trying to just please everybody. That's what it was, was me being like, fuck everybody. I'm going to come back like a bad motherfucker. (laughs) I don't fucking know. But it was complete coincidence that we then met. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, we neither one of us knew. Mm. Um, Until Louis clocked on and was like, Andrea's fucking blah, 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 blah. She's the friend of... And and then it hit me and I was like, she was that girl on that night who didn't want to make out with me. Like not specifically you, it was the whole evening. The, the whole, whole evening. evening wouldn't make out with you. No, it was the whole <laughs> evening that made me bitter towards the world. Yeah. But anyway, luckily enough, I came out not being a complete cock. I hope, slightly not. <laughs> Getting up. So the four AM club this week it's been going okay. Um, I missed one day. I think it was Thursday. You guys, if you were following me on the Instagram, probably saw me tap out again. I'm not trying to do it to be like arrogant. I think. Again, it's like I followed Jacko Willink, the military guy who gets up, like the ex-seal, who gets up at half four every day and has done four years and years and years and years and posts it every single day. And people think he's obnoxious for posting it, but he's not. It's just showing that somebody can do it because he does it every day. And so I kind of try and post to give people that, A, to hold me accountable, and B, so people think like, oh, it's not weird to be that way. Well, it probably is weird. But at the end of the day, everybody's fucking weird. The mm-hmm. same way I found out that everybody has some form of mental illness or has done, like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I always thought that uh, mental illness was like a really rare thing that nobody had. Mm-hmm. And so like when I was younger, I had OCD um, from like my child, like stress from my childhood that I didn't know how to cope with. Um, 
where now like I've talked to anybody about it like mm. that's totally normal thing like yeah. if somebody gets OCD or anxious anxiety or PTSD PTSD um, it's totally normal and it's just a natural thing of life it's like if you get something and you make it really really cold it'll probably freeze if you get something and make it really really hot it'll probably burn mm. it's just the natural the energy has to go somewhere and blah 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 but anyway um, where the, what was I talking about before I've lost my train of thought now Ah, what a fucking not a first. Getting up at four a.m. Yeah, so getting up at four a.m. is the is me trying to let people know that if that's what you do with your life, then do it. Mm. But again, it was one of those things that you got to get the routine right because I was waking up and feeling like dog shit. But you're that's you trying to squeeze twenty four hours out of a day because you're working till six o'clock, getting home, eating, and then you're like, I feel like crap. But it's because your brain's like it's midnight. Mm. so anyway we're going to try and do that the book the book's been going okay again it was the same thing where I was writing myself into corners and being like how's what's going to happen here how's this going to work and I really easily like gave it a day or the next day just didn't worry about it and then when I sat to write I then had all these other ideas that I didn't have the last session I had um, which is super dope and now I've got this whole thing where I think um so there was this scene where he got mugged and then he wakes up in AJ's uh, bedroom, which is the kind of love interest in the band. Mm. And then the next morning, it's like her mum's mad wealthy and there's a whole backstory of they came from the South with a daughter, but the father's dead and like what happened there. And then she's interrogating him while he's like lying in bed, like healing from the stab wound. And, um, but there's going to be, again, with the whole kind of, Illum- not Illuminati, but the whole kind of conspiracy theory mm. underbelly thing. I never thought this originally, but then I was like, oh, wait, she could be, like, secretly part of the... Like, if there's an inner turmoil that his uncle was, like, high in this secret organisation but was trying to use it for good and turn it, like, her family could really have been the bad side. And then there's this whole kind of, like, we've been watching you all along, Neo. Do you know what I mean? Like, that whole kind of... I like it. I have... But could it be gay and also in space? <laughs> so Andrew likes gay things in space, everyone. You probably should know this. Um, I, 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 who knows? I mean, we could spin the ancient aliens thing in there. Mm. But then you've got to be down for the ancient aliens. I'm not really down for ancient aliens. Man, I fucking believe the ancient aliens, man. So much. But that's another story for another time. So album review of the week was uh, Muddy Waters Chess Box. I don't really know what happened because when I initially looked... Oh, please don't be an electric car. I mean, I have to move this one. Yes, it's not. Anyway. Um, so... This 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 album was a, basically... If you want to find out what I listened to when I was a kid, it was this album. Because the Muddy Waters Essential Collection um, was pretty much like disc one or something of this. But when we initially looked, it was uh, a four-disc like the playlist was yeah. four discs but then when I went to go listen to it it all went into one mad long playlist so I don't really know what's going on with that the beginning of the playlist um, was like Gypsy Woman Good Looking Woman Mean Disposition Can't Be Satisfied although I take it they were chess recordings like chess was like the record label and stuff that he got signed to but like they're really really early recordings that they start with um, and I didn't know that they were chess ones but they must have been um but then when you go into like Louisiana Blues, Even Shuffle, Long Distance Call was a mad... Like Long Distance Call was one of the first blues songs that I used to listen to on repeat. Such mm-hmm. a good song. She Moves Me, mad good song. 
Um, stuff you got to watch. Good song. Don't know if. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Lyrics are a bit mad now. Um, Why is that? Well, this is the thing. So, I mean, I was thinking about this when I was driving. And may I get well OTT and paranoid that I'm going to upset people and offend people. And that's me in daily life, let alone yeah. fucking, like, whatever. And um, so the lyrics in this song is like... Uh, I can't remember in word for word without singing the whole fucking song, but... The chorus is like, that's the stuff you gotta watch. That's the stuff you gotta watch. The stuff you gotta watch if you don't wanna lose that girl. Boom, 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 boom. But it was stuff like, she stays out all night drinking, she fucking blah, 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 blah. And in a way, you can be all like, well, she better do what she wants to do. Like, mm. what do you mean? That's the stuff you've gotta watch. If she starts doing that, she, you're gonna break up, like, she's gonna run away and sleep with someone else, or you're gonna lose her, or whatever. But then on the other side of the argument, you're thinking, like, well, if you're going out with somebody and they're just going out every night getting smashed without you, it's probably not a good thing anyway. And you really would, you know, rein that in. Yeah. So then I was like, well, oh, no, maybe this, the lyrics in this are okay now. You said that a lot of them were ones that end up be, being covered badly by a lot of people. Oh, God, yeah, geez. So, again, this goes back to me just slamming on the British blues scene. But when I was an engineer and used to, like, I primarily did blues nights um, in a little 120-seater venue, like nothing mad. But we used to get all the touring musicians come in who were doing, like, the bigger shows but would come and do a stop-off at our little venue. And it was, like, Manish Boy, Hoochie Coochie Man, anything that has... It's one of those things that it can be really simple, like, da 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 which I know is, like, the standard thing that everybody knows. But it's, like... A, the way the people who, like Muddy Waters, like I saw an interview where the Rolling Stones started to become big mm. and they said, um, to, and it was a Muddy Waters interview, like, oh, you worry, because Rolling Stone comes from Muddy Waters song. The name of the band is, is, Muddy Waters has a song called Rolling Stone and that's where the name of the band come from. Really? Yeah, man, they were like mad. It's Keith Richard, yeah, Keith Richards, fucking hell, is um, wanted to be in a blues band. Like, oh, and then Mick Jagger wanted to make it more rock and roll, I think. Um, not my area of expertise, that one. But um, so they met. So anyway, when the Rolling Stones become big, they um, they interviewed Muddy Waters and they were like, "Oh, are you worried about these British bands covering your songs or being influenced by you and like the name and all the rest of it?" And he said, "Like he goes, they can play like Muddy, they can sing like Muddy, but they ain't never gonna be Muddy." It was like his tone and his character carries the song a lot mm. of the time. So there's that. It's so much more than dum bum burdum because you had all these kind of embellishments from like different musicians on the track as well, like the harmonica player, and, yeah. the, and it was just this whole it's the whole package. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Where when you see a lot, and I'm fucking prey victim. Uh, I I fall foul of this as well. I imagine that when I used to play in blues bands and all the rest of it, it would be like two guitarists or like maybe a piano player and you'd all be going dum dum bum bum and you wouldn't put the embellishments in and you wouldn't, mm. you may not have the char char charisma to carry... Or the badassery. Just the bad motherfucker that was Muddy Waters to carry that 18 shit. 18-year-old white boy. <laughs> well, you know. I did have a thing once where a family member walked in on me one day when I was young and um, mm -hmm. and I was, no, you motherfucker. <laughs> And I was singing, I was singing Muddy Water songs, and he was like, "What are you trying to do?" And I was just like, "Oh, I'm just trying to, you know, I really like this music." And I'm, and they were just like, "Don't even bother. You're never going to sound like him. Aww. Like you're not from America. It's not 1940. Just don't, Aww. just don't." And I was just like, "Oh, all right then." Pretty douchey. 
And then I just thought, fuck you, son. And I did it anyway. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because then the other way, if I sing Sinatra, nobody said nothing. That was fine. Do you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I that really fucking... I just did it anyway, because I think in life that's what you should... If you're passionate about something yep. and you're not hurting no one or you don't intend to whatever, then yeah. So, anywho... So that was like, we got about halfway through. I'll do the other half um, next week of that playlist. So we did end up doing it in, in, in sort of two weeks. Um, but there's just so much stuff in there that's just so good. Mm. Uh, and it was a big nostalgic trip down memory lane, which I really enjoyed. Uh, next week is, I can't remember. Fuck. My friend was telling me that, you know, we discussed um, Johnny Cash uh, last time a lot. Did we? Probably. It's one of the albums. Yeah, we listened to Folsom Prison. Prison. It wasn't a review. Oh, anyway, yeah, we talked about it. Okay, yeah. Um, somebody was saying that it was... Um, Johnny Cash covered a Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, Mad Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so good that Nine Inch Nails were like, it's basically, it's just Johnny Cash's song now. Yeah, but Amy Winehouse said the same thing. Hmm. Uh, not with the Nine Inch Nails song. But with um, Valerie... Yeah. Like nobody thinks of the original now by the something tones. I can't remember. Zit. Z- <laughs> z- 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 no idea. Z- oh, so my tongue. Z- yeah. z- Zutons. Zutons. What? Zutons? <laughs> Is that bad? Uh, they had the sax player who was a lady who was smoking. Sorry. Um, the Zootons. Look. Oh. 2006, the Zootons. Valerie. And then Mark Ronson, 2007. Huh. Um, that's all the people that say this isn't the music podcast. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was I looking at before? Um, the music of the week. Music of the week. The album of the week, sorry. Fantasy Costco. Album of the week is going to be the Muddy Waters album. The yeah. second half. Yeah, we're going to go for the second half on the double double. And um, I'm going to have loads of fucking stuff with me and my new red guitar, uh, which is going to be super cool. Super cool. Um, <laughs> 106 edits. <laughs> 106 edit podcast. So I hope you're having a great week. Uh, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. This finds you on Wednesday. Um, I hope you have some nice shit to do over the weekend as we're all having that long weekend. And if you're not, then I'm sorry. Uh, I'll be in a car park somewhere filming something indiscriminately. Something legal. Something legal. And uh, yeah, I got my first notice in public. I think this is really picking up traction now when we were driving on the motorway earlier. And that lady just kind of looked at me from a Range Rover and just kind of waved and smiled and uh, it was like Which oh is obviously related to must be the podcast <laughs> we're, we're getting out there people know about us I want to play us out on that one if you want to use the music for any advertisements you know speak to my manager um, me and uh, we can work out some rates 106 miles Chicago gotta get there fall down come on now brother you won't ride long 106 miles baby hope you got some stories to tell 106 miles
Yeah.